Dan, Don, Shannon, Pastor Steven, Dixie, welcomed me really well. It was a lot of fun. And thank you so much. We're really happy to be here with you guys. And so, like Pastor Steve said, I'm from France. And I've noticed something is really funny when you say to an American you're from France. They come with some kind of weird comments sometimes. And they're just like, oh, you're from France. It's funny. My cousin went to Italy last year. And I'm just like, does he know it's not the same country? <laughs> so... So the purpose of this morning is we're going to introduce ourselves for you guys to know us a bit better. And, but the thing, we don't want to put God in a box. We're going to share our testimony, but we believe the Holy Spirit is going to be moving around the room. My wife is going to share our internal healing process with God, and we believe God is going to do the same thing for you this morning. And I'm going to be sharing my testimony as well and how God is raising faith and power in my life. So here's my wife, and she's going to just start with you. Thank you so much for having us. Um, like Olivia said, we are so excited to be here. We've been praying for years, like, God, can you put us in a church that is hungry for more and is hungry for the Holy Spirit? And something that is really on our hearts is to dig deeper. And I feel like um, God has so much more in store for all of us here, we're all on different walks and journeys in life, but our, our sole purpose, like he said, is to not put God in a box and to really figure out, okay, Lord, what is this journey you have us on? How can we get more of your presence, more of your power in order to not only, not only for our lives, because we need it, but also to impact Gurney, also to impact Illinois, the, the world. And so a little bit about myself. I was born and raised in Guatemala. My mom was, uh, is an American and she was a missionary there. And so she met my dad, who's Guatemalan, in the mountains of Guatemala. And so they got married and had my sister and I. And I think I gave my life to the Lord at the age of three. And so I just feel like even for us here in the room, I feel like God has spoken something in your hearts. Whether you have been a Christian for a month or for 50 years, I believe that God is the God of speaking words and speaking destiny and speaking life over people and their spirit. And so I also felt like that was just a word for this morning is no matter how long you've been a believer, I feel like God has spoken words over each one of us since we were young kids. And so, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord at the age of three. And a little bit about, like, how I grew up was, um, so my mom was a Christian and raised us. She's always been in full-time ministry. And my dad was, has always been up and down in my life. He has something called borderline personality disorder, which has just made it very, um, a, a very dysfunctional relationship between my dad and I. Um, but God has done so much healing in that. And so even as a young girl, I had to learn how to set boundaries with him and how to really defend my sister and I from a young age. And so I think because of that, I didn't necessarily have a childhood. Um, I always had to say, like, it's not okay if you treat us that way. And just from a young age, I always had to put up that, okay, if you're going to continue treating us that way, we're going to have to go home. And I think that translated into my relationship with God where I was like, I think I, I saw God as more of an emotionally abusive God than a father who loves his children and wants to give everything to them. And I think many of us have done that is whatever we see our earthly father as, whether that's a beautiful relationship, whether that's someone that hasn't always been present, I feel like it's often in our Christian walk we translate what we see our earthly father doing onto our heavenly father role. 
so I could never, I never really felt like I could trust what God had for me. Um, placing my life in his hands was, am I going to have to say I can't do this? You know what I mean? Because I didn't see him as a safe father. Um, but at the same time, because I have been surrounded with poverty, I always had missions as something on my heart. Like I knew somewhere down the line I was going to become a missionary. And so through the just dysfunction in my dad's, in my relationship with my dad, um, my parents then got divorced when I was 10. And so my sister, my mom, and I moved to the U.S. And that was a big point in my life because we basically fled from Guatemala for our lives. My dad wanted to almost kill my mom, you could say. And so we basically like had our bags packed for months, weren't really sure at what point we were going to be leaving, and it was something very traumatic. And so it was like trauma after trauma in my childhood that led to basically when we arrived in the U.S., my body had basically just stopped working. I could no longer shower on my own. I couldn't do what normal 10-year-olds should be doing. Um, I could no longer feed myself. Um, basically, like I went back to being an infant. And so doctors were like, does she have a brain tumor? Does she have cancer? Um, just a lot, like we went from like thousands and thousands of tests. Um, and finally, one day, the psychologist came to my mom and said, I'm sorry, her physical body is completely normal. Um, she has absolutely nothing wrong with her. It's, it has to be something psychological. And so I think that was a big wake-up call for all of us. Like, okay, something is not okay. Something is not normal. And so um, that, I think, led into a series of me meeting with counselors and psychologists. And I never was really able to receive that full healing from my past and going to that deep root that I needed to. Um, but, and then that led into this series of like me being rebellious, um, I guess those teenage years. And so I was like, God doesn't exist. Um, the question that constantly haunted me was, how could a good, loving father allow bad things to happen to his children? Because I was like, I could have never, I, could, I didn't, wasn't able to have a good childhood, and I, but I loved God from basically since I was a little girl. And so I was just like, how could a good, loving father allow me to have an emotionally abusive dad? How could a good, loving father allow me to have a childhood like this? And so I think that question was something that I was constantly wrestling with, like the goodness of God, basically. And... Um, so that question was always like, what do I do with this? Um, I was like, okay, basically, so then I le that led me to the conclusion that God doesn't exist, basically, because he could have never allowed this, these things to happen to me. And so I basically was like cussing out God. I was like, no, I didn't want anything to do with him. I came home from school and would like cuss out my mom, my sister when I walked in the door. And that was like a really bad period in my life just because I wasn't able to deal with the things that had happened to me in the past. And so I wasn't able to move on. And then a couple of years later, when I was 14, um, my mom was like, hey, do you want to go on a missions trip with me? And I was like, missions trip? Why would I ever want to do that? Like, I don't even want anything to do with God. And she was like, I think it would be really good for you. It's to Honduras, which is the country right next to Guatemala in Central America. And I was like, um, so I ended up going. I'm not really sure why, but now I, I wasn't sure why at the time, and now I am sure why. Um, and there is where... I would say I really recommitted my life to the Lord and was like, okay, God exists. Um, the first night I was like, I have no idea why I'm here. And then throughout the series of 
the 10 days, God just really was seeking after me in my heart and was like, I've loved you from day one. I am a good, loving father. And that's when I not only committed my life back to the Lord, but also to missions in general. And I, I knew that this was something that I was supposed to do for the rest of my life, is to help those less fortunate than I am and just really be the hands and feet of, of God. And so that's where I think we've all had those big moments in life, and I think that was one of the big moments in my life. Um, and then fast-forwarding a couple years, my family and I then moved to Thailand, and I lived there for two years. And that's also where God opened my eyes to countries that have refugees where they're not, they're not able to live in the freedom that we're able to live in. And so God once again pressed into my heart, like, life isn't all about you. Life isn't all about us. Like, there's so much greater things in the world that we should be worried about and, and seeking God's heart for. And so I lived in Thailand, and up until that point, I knew about Jesus and God, but I wasn't that familiar with the Holy Spirit and the power that Holy Spirit brings, that we can't have that power unless we really tap into it. And it's for us, but um, a lot of times we don't know that it's there even. And so I lived in Thailand for a couple of years, and the lady that became like my spiritual mom there, she was like, hey, this traveling minister prophet is here that has been to like over 150 countries and was like, I really think you should go and ask him for a prophetic word, which at that time I didn't, I had no idea what, what a prophetic word even was. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go ask this guy if I can have a word from him. And so I went up to him and I was like, hi, can I have a prophetic word? And he obviously didn't know anything about me. And at the time, um, just a couple of weeks back, I had applied for Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry not knowing even where it was or anything about it, I just felt like, I don't have any other options, let me just try this. And so the prophet, not knowing anything about me, he put my hands, he put his hands in my hands and said, so this school that you're thinking about going to, this is the school for you. And he also said, you're going you're gonna to go there, you're going to meet your husband there, and you're going to be on, on the mission field in full-time ministry for the rest of your life. And so I was like, okay, that's, that's a confirmation enough that this is something I'm supposed to be doing. I think in our, and I think that's one of the keys of why prophecy and the prophetic ministry is so important is we don't know what we're doing half of the time, more than half the time, and that's just God speaking words into our life, into our spirit, saying, hey, you're on the right track. Like, don't move focus. Don't move off course. This is the path that you're on. And so that was like kind of my introduction to prophecy 101 is basically what's, what's God saying about you? What's God saying about your life? Well, you share that to others. And so that's what that man did for me and changed my life. So I was like, okay, I'm going to this school. I didn't know anything about it. I got there and I thought everyone had like chronic diseases because they're all like manifesting and shaking all over the place. And I'm like, I didn't think disease was a good thing. I'm apparently the only one here who doesn't have this contagious disease. I think that's good. Um, but I also just made this commitment in my heart about going there with an, open, with an open heart, with an open spirit, wanting to receive everything God had for me. And so I got there. Everyone was shaking all over the place. Um, I was like, okay, I'm just going to jump in. And... I basically went to Bethel because I had heard that they have a healing ministry, and through all the counselors and psychologists that I had been to, I was never able to really heal things from my past, especially things that, 
like beliefs that I had about guys and men in general and how unsafe they were. And so I was, that was one of the, that was basically the only thing I knew about Bethel. And so I was like, I'm going to go there to receive the healing that I need for the rest of my life. And so, well, Olivier and I met because he was my neighbor, so he lived above me. And we, we found each other at the bottom of the altar many days after church, just like shaking in the spirit. And I think that was like one, some of the starts of our relationship was God was like, you guys are going to really impact the world with the power of God and with the presence of God. And so that was my introduction to the Holy Spirit was this is the power that we can have through him. And so one of the big things that happened to me at Bethel that I felt like God wanted me to share was I had a, a vision while I was there, and it was one of the first, within one of the first months I was there, I was just at a group meeting, and I basically had this vision where I was naked laying on an operating table in a hospital, and you couldn't see like one ounce on my skin of normal skin. There was like gashes and bruises and cuts and open wounds all over my body. And God was like, this symbolizes what your body currently looks like. And a, a beautiful surgeon walked in the room and everything just went quiet and he was dressed in white. And he came over and started stitching every single wound, wound by wound. And he... I can, I can remember it very clearly because it wasn't just like a, a procedure that lasted a couple seconds. It was like every single stitch, he carefully knew why it was there and he carefully stitched it with love and with intentionality. And so as he was stitching it, like each stitch by stitch just disappeared, the wound that was there. And each, like each wound that was there, it had disappeared as he continued stitching. And then... My body was just, like, not only transformed, but the most beautiful body you've ever seen. Like, there, like the skin was not the skin that we normally see. I, it's hard to explain because it was, like, very, I guess, something in my head. But, yeah, the skin was, like, completely transformed. And so God, God told me, like, this is going to be a new definition of beauty that you're going to carry to the world. And it's not for you, it's for others to see me through you and for you to be able to impart this to other people who don't know what beauty means or don't, don't know what, doesn't know what healing means. And so this was really, I think, one of those other stepping stone moments in my life when um, that also showed me the power of the Holy Spirit because years and thousands of money that my parents spent on counseling for me, it all changed in a minute and 30 seconds with the Holy Spirit and this vision that he gave me. And so I feel like that's another thing that God has given us as believers is we can always tap into that and tap into what God is saying about our lives. And so I also feel like that another thing God wanted me to share today was taking back what the enemy has stolen from our generation lines. Um, generation lines that I have that the enemy has stolen from is turning marriages into divorce. And because of my dad, there's also been like chains of mental, mental illness. And I feel like we're all coming from different places in life, but I feel like whatever the enemy has stolen from you, from us, he is going, God is going to repay it in tenfold. 
And so if that, whatever that means, whether that's physical disease, whether that's mental illness, whether that's a spirit of poverty, whether, whether it's chains that need to be broken, um, I feel like as long as, right when we cry out to God for that, he's going to pay that back more than you can ever imagine. So later, later on, um, after my husband's done sharing his testimony, I would love to pray for anyone that wants prayer on just inner healing or if anything that I said resonates with you, feel free to ask for, ask for prayer. Also, just a perspective shift. I felt like I felt like this church specifically, you guys are wanting the more. And I saw this picture during worship of a big well. And it's like there's so many different elements inside the well, like wisdom and truth and just years of faithfulness with the Lord. Like you have put a line in the sand and you've said from now on in my generations, this will no longer be the case. This will no longer be the case. You know, like mistreatment is no longer going to be there. Manipulation is no longer going to be there. And I feel like that big well symbolizes everything that you guys have cultivated through years and years of just living life with God. And so I felt like that was also a word for you guys is continue tapping into the more. Um, so back, back to what I was saying about coming up later. Um, also, just if you'd, if you'd like prayer for a perspective shift, like, hey, this is how I've been viewing God even in the last days or weeks, and that's not how I want to view him or have feelings towards him, feel free to come up for prayer for that or also just believing more in the goodness of God and taking back things that the enemy has stolen from us as well. I would love to pray for you about that as well. So now it's my turn. Um, I brought some pictures. The more you're going to know us, the more you're going to find out how much we love traveling. It's just like our biggest passion in life is God traveling. It's just We've been married for two years, and we've been to uh, probably more than 20 countries. So it's quite a lot. Can we see some of the pictures, please? So this is us in Hungary, in just pictures of us all around the world. So here's Hungary. This is where we, the city we lived in in France, called Saint-Malo. This Maricela in Thailand, giving a hug to an elephant. And this is us in Vietnam, really beautiful place. They filmed, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie King Kong. It's where it's been filmed. So it was really a lot of fun to be there. So anyway, so I'm going to jump in in my story and my life has always been marked since I gave my life to Jesus it's been marked by the supernatural power of God and him opening doors that were really unexpected I always found myself in places that I'm just like how did I end up here but good stuff like right right here right now today I, like two years ago I would have never thought I would be a pastor here I didn't even know you guys. And God has always been doing this for me, opening doors. But it takes a lot sometimes. So do you guys know the last sentences that Jesus said before he went back to heaven? Does someone know? So I'm just going to read it to you. It's Mark chapter 16, verses 17. If we can have it up. My English is, I don't... 
like reading much, so I'm going to have someone read for me. <laughs> Is it okay with you? These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Amen. Right after this, Jesus went back to heaven. It was his last sentence. And that's how the gospel is being presented to me. I gave my life to Jesus in Switzerland. I was around 14, 15 years old. I was like, living a life of like partying, drinking, drugs. And my mom, she told me, there is a snowboard camp in Switzerland. You should go there. You're going to have a lot of fun skiing. She didn't mention he was Christian because she was otherwise he's not going to go. So she tricked me and he worked. So, so I went there and a guy was speaking and he was just like sharing the gospel. And I was like, wow, yeah, I'm sick of living like this and I want to change in my life. And so I decided to give my life to Jesus. But the thing that shocked me the most, even until this day, we don't do this normally I just gave my life to Jesus, just said a prayer, gave my heart to the Lord, and he came to me and showed me this Bible verse that was here a couple of seconds ago. And he was, okay, now you're a believer, you have access to those things. You don't need to be a Christian for 50 years. It doesn't matter for how long you've been a Christian, you can walk in those things. And he was, here is a sick right here, he has a knee problem, you go to him and you pray for him. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what am, what, what's happening? And so I was just like, for, first time with the Lord, first time I'm praying for someone. He told me, okay, you just go by yourself. I was like, I don't know how to pray. I don't know anything. And I just, okay, like, I've heard you have a knee problem. Can I pray for you? And the guy was like, sure. And I was like feeling really weird. He was a really tall guy. He was like a, I don't know how you say, like a, a metal singer with like really long hair. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. And so I prayed for him, and his knee got healed. And I was just like, wow, it works. And that's how just how I started my life with the Lord. His first 10 minutes of my conversion with, the whole, with Jesus, healing started happening. So after the whole Switzerland camp, I went back to France. And I was in first year in high school, and I was just feeling I didn't like high school. And I was just feeling like God has something else for me. And I had a dream about me going to Spain. I don't speak Spanish. I don't know anyone in Spain. But the Lord told me in a dream, go to Spain. And I was like, how is this going to work? Like, Jesus, I believe I hear your voice right, but what can I do? And somehow I met this girl from Spain, and I talked to her, hey, I think God is calling me to Spain. She said, yeah, but you, you, what are you going to do there? I was like, I don't know. And she said, okay, i asked my parents if you can come to our house and just for a couple of months and see, see what happens. And I was just like, I was 16 years old. I had to tell my mom and my dad I'm dropping high school because I wanted to go to Spain. I was like, okay, just if my parents say yes, this will already be one miracle. And my mom was like, okay, let me pray about it. And she felt peace about it. My dad is not a Christian, so on the other hand, he was more like, no, you're not doing it. And... He finally agreed with me leaving. So I went to Spain, not knowing Spanish, not knowing anyone over there, and just doing life, 
people, uh, God put people on my on the streets in rooms that I went to. Never heard anything about the prophetic or anything, and I just had having words of knowledge. Like I was walking in a room and I started having intense pain, pain in my shoulder, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, what's going on?" And I randomly asked a guy, "Hey, do you have pain in your right shoulder?" And the guy was like, "Yeah, how do you know?" I'm <clears throat> sorry. How do you know I got shot in my in my shoulder because uh, it broke a couple of years ago and I mean I have intense pain so and I was like oh my goodness like can I pray for you and he got healed and the same I didn't know anything about the demons all these kind of things and sometimes I was just praying for people and demons starting manifesting and I was just like it was like crazy like the Holy Spirit was working. And I had no idea why I was in Spain. I didn't know anything. I was just, okay, I'm going to take the risk to follow the Holy Spirit where he leads me. I don't know what I'm doing in Spain. Thank you. I don't know what I'm doing in Spain. I don't even know why I'm here. But God is on the move. Sometimes we don't need to have everything figured out to step forward. And this happened many times in my life. So I went back from Spain, seeing a lot of miracles, deliverance. And I was 16 years old, and people were just like, giving me the mic to, to do stuff. It was just like crazy. God's just opening doors all the time. So I went back to France, and you guys probably know the band Jesus Culture. Um, they were coming to Paris for a worship night, and I, was, I didn't know anything about them, and a friend invited me to go there. And so I went to the Jesus Culture worship night, and after the worship night, I went back home, and I had a dream in the middle of the night. And really clear, you need to go to Jesus Culture Bible School. And I woke up in the morning, looking online, Jesus Culture does not have a Bible school. And I was like, oh, like I guess I heard the voice of God wrong. And I talked to my brother-in-law about it, and he was like, yeah, but you know, Jesus Culture, they come from a church called Bethel Church, and I think they have a Bible school. And I was like, okay. So um, I'm getting online, find out they have a Bible school, and I see, like, requirements for the Bible school. You need to have, like, a certain amount of money that I didn't have. You have to speak English, which I did not speak a single word of English. And many different things I was like, oh, I do not qualify for any." Thing to go to this church, but to this Bible school. I was, okay, God, I, f I believe you talked to me. I'm going to apply. I applied, and you have a, after you apply, they have an interview on Skype, on the phone. They want to talk to you. I got on Skype to get my interview, could not understand the guy at all. I was like, okay, he's not going to accept me. I do not speak English. And he, and he told me, I think I understood that part, saying, like, how are you going to follow class if you don't even understand what I'm saying? Which was true. And I was just like, okay, Jesus, I believe you're calling me there. I'm going to go no matter what. So I saved money as much as I could. I flew to California. And I was like, for the people that have been to Bethel, they're all really excited, speaking to each other, and like they were always coming up to me, asking me questions, and I did not understand the questions. Like, even where you're from was about the limit of what I know. And I was just like, okay, God, I'll go. God, I'll go. I was not even supposed to be accepted to this school, but God said something, and it happened. 
it was really scary in the beginning, like being again in a foreigner country, not understanding the language. And it's just like taking a lot of like risk. I and mean, a lot of people in France were like, you're going to go to a school where you don't understand anything. I'm sure in two weeks you're back here. Like, don't go. You're going to waste money. You're going to waste your time. Don't do it. So I went to BSSM, learned a lot of stuff, and met my wife. So it was just amazing. We've seen a lot of healing. I went on mission trip to to many different countries, but I have a couple like healing testimony that were really really powerful. As like a lady, she had a tumor about that big in her neck, and like with another guy, I think we prayed for her. And like the tumor disappeared in front of her eyes, and like she could catch the tumor like this and pretty much like make it like coming out a bit, it was gone. We've seen like blind eyes open in Cuba. We've we've seen so many great things with God, and that's just what I'm passionate about. Like I want to see people getting healthy physically, healthy emotionally, healthy spiritually, and there is only the Holy Spirit that can do that. Only Jesus can do that. And so, I have another verse that I wanted to read. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Can I ask you to read again? <laughs> but, just it is, but just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. So, who loves Jesus here? Everyone. That's awesome. God has things ready for you because you love him that no one has seen, no one has heard, no one has ever thought about. And that's what I wanted to leave you with this, is God loves you. He has something big for you, something like maybe you guys had dreamed, maybe you had prophetic words, and you're like, there is no way this is going to happen. But I want just to speak faith in you guys and saying it is going to happen. God has, has it all. Like the song we sang this morning, like you don't have to come, but you always do. He's going to show up in your life. You're going to be in a situation that you wasn't expecting. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be crazy. You don't know what you're doing. But it's going to happen. So, yeah, I want to pray for you guys with my wife, Marcel, if you can come. God is asking us to take risk, to step out of our fears. The sentence that is the most repeated in the Bible is, do not be afraid, fear not, do not be fear. When I moved to Spain, when I moved to the U.S. and all these kind of things, not knowing the language, it was scary. It was not comfortable. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm sure some people here, you feel like this. You feel like God is calling you to something, but you're feeling afraid about it. You're like, how is this going to happen? So the first people group I would like to pray about is like, if you feel like God told you something, I want you to do something for me, but you're like, there is no way it's going to happen. You need a crazy open door to happen in your life. I want to pray for you. And the second group of people I wanted to pray for is like, you know you have access to casting out demons, praying for healing, 
picking up snakes, all these kind of things, and you're like, I'm just afraid. I'm, it's not going to work. I'm scared of failing. I want to pray for you as well, and she's going to pray for you. The other thing that was a, a big part of my testimony that I forgot to share was also getting rid of that fear of what if I, what if I repeat the same mistakes that my, that my mom, my parents have? Um, what if I marry the wrong person? What if all these different fears? And God just took all those fears away. And, and that's the other thing I wanted to pray for is if you need any healing about like the view of men in general or even just the fear of messing up or, or like he said the fear of failing um feel free to come up and pray and pray pray for that and then the verse that i wanted to share is in psalm psalm 27 13 i remain confident of this i will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living and that's one of my favorite verses and so if you just need that even declared over your life that we are not going to fear that God is going to take us into the wrong place in life or that he will not complete the promises that he has spoken over our lives. Even prayer for that, prayer for believing in the goodness of God, I'd love to speak truth over your life in that area as well. And then if, if you'd like to pray for any of the po um, following things that we've mentioned, feel free to come on up. If not, feel free to fellowship, and if not, you're dismissed. So yeah, you can guys come in the front and if we can have the music, please. And if you just feel like you want to practice your, your prayer, praying for people, you can join us and pray with us. We'll love that too.